Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find... 30,000 emails. We looked at undertaking surveys on Facebook, similar to what Cambridge Analytica group had done. Observer journalist Carol Cadwallader, who broke the Cambridge Analytica scandal, has been talking to Peter Dupes, the writer behind the hit podcast Untold, The Daniel Morgan Murder. The more that you know about individual, the more accurate of an algorithm you can build to predict their behavior or predict their opinions or their personality or their emotions on a certain issue. This whole story is about information, disinformation, propaganda, and the way that is used and the way that it's weaponized. You upload a certain database to individuals within Facebook, and then you can target a lookalike audience. And their greatest ally actually is the media. Robert Swan Muller. I care deeply about the rule of law. What has never changed and will never change are our values. From the makers of Untold, this is Dial M for Muller. Along with Carol Cadwalder, we'll be reporting on the front line of this information warfare with everything concerning Trump, Russia, Brexit, and why Britain needs a Muller inquiry. So we're back with another episode after a bit of a break. Based on the fact there's some breaking news because there's been a parliamentary report into fake news and disinformation, which we're going to talk about today. But, Carol, why have we been away so long? Well, for a variety of reasons. There was a bit of a pause in breaking news around this story, partly because I wasn't breaking any. It's you, your fault. Well, it's just that I have found it. I think this thing of kind of a stop for Christmas and then... I found it very hard finding momentum to restart because we've published so much evidence of criminal activity and criminal wrongdoing and foreign interference. That evidence is out there. Politicians know it. But it's made no difference whatsoever. I found this quite difficult to come to terms with because it feels to me that sort of journalism has done its job And even, you know, to a degree, the official regulators in Britain are doing their job. But Parliament, politicians, most of the mainstream media has just completely ignored it. Well, that changed a bit today, didn't it, with this parliamentary report into fake news and disinformation. Uh, And so we're going to look at that. But you actually broke a story over the weekend which sums up some of the other things we've been talking about. We've been talking about so far Aaron Banks 
Libby, you, Nigel Farage, connections with the Trump campaign. But you have this very interesting figure uh, who you got to know and wrote about, Brittany Kaiser. Can you tell us why she might be important to the whole Trump Brexit? Well, I believe that this story was a really big deal because the story was that Brittany Kaiser, a director at Cambridge Analytica, who'd also worked on the Brexit campaign, who has actually sat next to Aaron Banks at the launch of Leave EU, had been subpoenaed by the Mueller investigation in America. So this, for me, was really important because, you know, we know that Mueller's inquiry, which is into potential collusion between the Trump campaign and between the Russian government, you know, it's this enormous, very serious inquiry. They've interviewed hundreds of witnesses and to have it now, one of, you know, and a subject of it directly involved in both Trump and Brexit. I mean, for me, that was very big news, I have to say. Well, Brittany, you, she, we know she was at that Leave EU launch, sat next to Aaron Banks. And at that point, they were supposed to be working Cambridge Analytica, the data election firm, along with Leave EU. And we think she also worked on the Trump campaign. So that's a direct connection between Brexit and Trump, which is something we've been looking at for a long time. I mean, this goes back to right to the start of my investigation, which is which was looking at the work that Cambridge Analytica did for Leave EU. And what was what was kind of fascinating about this and what was ridiculous about it was that as soon as I started writing about it, I started getting these letters from I think I talked about them before from Cambridge Analytica saying we didn't do any work on the Leave campaign. And apart from anything else, I was just like, yeah, just looked up that that video, the video of the press launch has been of Leave EU has been on YouTube since forever. And there is Brittany Kaiser sitting right next to Aaron Banks as a name tag. Brittany Kaiser, she's introduced as Brittany Kaiser of Cambridge Analytica. Brittany, tell us about the clever things that you're going to do with data for us. And Brittany tells them. And so to have these denials was just sort of, you know, completely ridiculous. And, and that was one of the, you know, the, this thing of why I wasn't able to let this story go and why I just wasn't able to accept Cambridge Analytica's and the Leave campaign's denials that there was a relationship there was, you know, that was part of it. And so for me, Brittany has always been this, you know, an interest, a figure of interest in that way. So how did you come across the Brittany Kaiser story? Well, what's funny about this is that it's in uh, Brittany Kaiser has been followed around by a documentary crew. And um, there's about there's going to be a Netflix documentary which comes out in the spring called The Great Hack. And Brittany's a very compelling character right at the heart of this. And they show her on film receiving. She's just received an email from me, actually. Hmm. And I sent her an email saying, uh, Brittany, we've uncovered evidence that shows that you went to visit Julian Assange. And the evidence was what? In the Ecuadorian embassy. Well, we found out so that evidence had been passed to both a committee, the committee here in Britain and also one in America, that she had talked about visiting the Ecuadorian embassy. And she'd also boasted about the fact that she'd given WikiLeaks Bitcoin. And then the second fact is, is that we also at The Guardian, uh, my colleagues there, Luke Harding and Stephanie Kirchgasner, they'd got hold of the embassy logs. So all the visitors who'd been into it, so we could check it. So we checked it and yeah, there was Brittany's Kaiser's name on the log. 
And in February 2017, just a few months after the US election. Now, the reason why this was so interesting is because we knew for a, more than a year now, year and a half, I think, that Alexander Nix had been in touch with Julian Assange in this very critical time period in the summer of 2016. And Alexander Nix wrote to uh, Julian Assange. He was like, oh, for, this is his own account of it. Dear Julian, um, we understand that you've got the hacked emails of Hillary Clinton. Would you like us? Would you like to hand them over to us and we can help index them and use them? So that was uncovered. And apparently Assange and Nix both say that nothing came of it and he never got the emails. However, we know that that has been something that Mueller has been looking at and investigating. So we knew about that. And so then having Brittany after the election, boasting to people about how she'd been in to visit Assange in the embassy and how she'd given them Bitcoin. So of... what did she actually oh, yeah, say? So in the film. So no, no, what did she say to you when you wrote to her? Well, it's, oh, I, she didn't say anything. She didn't write back. However, in the film, which I saw at the Sundance Film Festival a couple of weeks ago, she's there saying... She's there talking to the filmmakers or somebody off camera and she says she knows about she knows I visited Assange and she knows about the Bitcoin. So it's kind of remarkable to me because we'd got a legal letter from her saying it's completely false that she gave any cryptocurrency to WikiLeaks. Please, you know, please take this out X, Y, Z. So but there she is admitting it on camera. And then and then later on, she talks about how she's been subpoenaed by Robert Mueller. Because of this, you think? Because of well, the connections that, with Assange? Well, that's her supposition. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It, 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 I mean, it's, it's quite a big deal. And, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Mueller's a very clever man with a lot of information. So, who knows? She also appeared at the Select Committee looking at fake news, didn't she? And she gave some key testimony, actually, actually explaining how Levy U had worked with... Cambridge Analytica but you think some of that testimony now is under question some of the things no, so, so just to mm. roam back a bit mm. is that so because I contacted Brittany's uh, lawyers and so she's given this explanation which which so I want to give for the record and mm. you know might very well be the entire story which is that she said that she had got some Bitcoin some years ago, didn't know what to do with it at the time and so she donated it to WikiLeaks which is a sort of pet cause of her and that she just happened that she had a mutual acquaintance who she bumped into in London. And that's how she came to visit Assange in the embassy. And they didn't talk about the US election. And so we don't want to speculate about what, you know, Brittany Kaiser did or didn't do. However, she was asked directly about that, about her relationship with WikiLeaks by MPs in Parliament. And she doesn't mention it. So she's essentially, she's misled MPs. And, and uh, I mean, listen to the clip. But um, have, you, have you had, I mean, you had in your, in your working career, have you had much engagement with, with WikiLeaks and Julian Assange at all, uh, through, through, his in, through his representatives, or uh, is that, is that form part of your work at any time? Yes, yeah, so I have undertaken quite a few degrees and theses and research in human rights. So when the Iraq war files were first released, I taught myself how to use an FTP client so I could read those documents and use them as primary resource materials. So a lot of my theses in the past um, have in my biography WikiLeaks documents as documentary evidence of the crimes against humanity that I was researching on. Sure. Yes. 
And as part of your academic research, did you try and reach out to WikiLeaks directly to talk to people about their work? Yes, um, we had some mutual friends. I believe um, John Jones QC has been talked about in the press and my relationship with him. He was one of, um, one of the WikiLeaks legal team. For whatever reason, misleading. Not telling the whole truth. Being it, it towards an official committee is, you know, it's not a good look, is it? And what is certainly true is that the evidence that she gave to the select committee was really insightful because here was somebody deep within Cambridge Analytica and who'd had a lot of dealings with Aaron Banks and a lot of email communications. And her evidence to the committee was really startling because she made a series of allegations about what he'd done, particularly with data, and particularly with data from his insurance company and how he'd used that to target people politically, which would be completely illegal. And then there's this second bit, which is also really interesting, where um, she's asked when the MPs drills down and said, well, was this work, this work that you did for the Leave campaign? Leave EU campaign? Well, it was for Leave EU and UKIP. So Aaron Banks, remember, he's a donor to UKIP and he's the donor to Leave EU. So he wears two hats. So it's like, was the work for UKIP or what? And that was what Isabel Oakeshott, I don't know to cast your mind back to that. Isabel Oakeshott was like, oh, Carol, you've got it so wrong. It wasn't for Leave EU. It wasn't for Leave EU. And it turned out it was because actually it's for UKIP. So you're so looking the, for unicorns in the attic as game. Yeah. So anyway, there's this confusion. But but what? But anyway, in this clip, you hear she, she did anybody declare it? Was this work declared anywhere? And she's very clear and she says no. No, sir. Uh, I don't believe that our work was uh, reported by anyone, not by Leavey U, not by UKIP, and not by Cambridge Analytica. Thank you very much. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So while this podcast is about the way we're crying out for a Mueller inquiry, we have in Britain had something quite useful, which is the DCMS committee hearing, which has been going over 18 months now, I think. Just issued its final report, taken thousands of bits of evidence, interviewed hundreds of witnesses, and you've been a kind of core part of it, haven't you, Carol? Well, I've certainly followed it right from the beginning, and what happened is, back in December 
2017. I remember I wrote this very despairing comment article and it was just like nothing was happening in Britain, nothing at all. And then I got called in as one of the... They called in a number of people to sort of give briefings to the committee before they started. And I trotted up the steps to Parliament. You know, you go through the Great Hall, this amazing medieval building in the, you know, the Palace of Westminster, and then you pass the bust of Gladstone. I felt quite emotional because I'd been for, for a year then writing about this attack upon our democracy, and it was inside the Mother of Parliaments. And one of the things, you know, I talked about was just the way that our electoral laws didn't work and the way that the tech companies had sort of completely subverted them. It felt like a big thing to like have Parliament, you know, now on the case. And on the way out, Damien Collins sort of whispered to me and he said, we're going to look at Cambridge Analytica. And I sort of punched the air. And then what happened, the committee, they did this amazing job so that when we published the evidence about Cambridge Analytica in March last year and, you know, brought Chris Wiley forward as this whistleblower and everything, the committee just like sprang into action. And, you know, within a week, I think it was, Chris was in Parliament giving evidence and that was really important. And then the committee just, you know, they just got their teeth stuck in and they were trying to answer these questions about Cambridge Analytica, which led them to these questions about Facebook. And they just called all these witnesses. Now, for me, this is this was fantastic because I'd been asking questions to all of these people and to these companies. Well, yeah. Yeah, and they've, of course, they've just been able to completely ignore me. But here was Parliament compelling them to come down. And fantastically, if it was a police investigation, this would all be going on in private, we wouldn't know any of it. However, they were sitting in front of us and we were able to watch the whole thing. And so week in, week out over the sort of summer, I was, you know, trotting into Parliament. And here it was like a box set. I mean, it was like the sort of, you know, the dramatic revelations I mean, you know, if you hear Alexander Nix's evidence about what they were doing in the Caribbean and, you know, how they were working, you know, to, with passport company and, you know, Chris talking about his predecessor who died in Kenya. Uh, I mean, it was it was fantastic. And then today. So I have to say this report that they've done, it's 108 pages and, you know, the the amount of material and the complexity of the subject that they've really grappled with is quite extraordinary, I think. I think you know, we'll be coming back to it, probably looking at bits of evidence there. There's so much. And I'm sure Muller will be looking at it too, because there's new revelations there coming out. But I mean, the key moment was certainly globally was the Facebook and Cambridge Analytica revelation. I mean, knocked eventually $175 billion off the share price of Facebook, I think. So and maybe just to have a look at to understand a bit more, we'll have a whole episode about it probably, but just in passing, quite what Cambridge Analytica was. Because, I mean, a lot of people think of it some kind of just ad company targeting political ads, but it's much, much more profound than that, wasn't it? I mean, Chris Wiley's testimony showed that it came out of a military technology which had been used in Afghanistan to target insurgents, and that basically he described to me, I remember him telling, because I met him before these revelations, the fifth battle space. You have land, sea, air and space, ordinary space satellites, and then you have information operations. Isn't that right? And he said that, you know, in, in warfare, he describes that if you're going to kill an Iraqi general, you want in it. In 2003, you want to get an Iraqi general 
onto a hill where you've got a drone or a sniper there. You basically surround him with false information. He thinks there's a squadron of, of American troops abandoned there with no ammo. And they get him out there and they shoot him. And what Chris told me, and I think because you revealed first, was that with the technology of Cambridge Analytica, with the 3,000 or thousands of data points on each voter, they could do that kind of information operation on every voter. Is that not right? Well, that was certainly the ambition, I think, yeah. I mean, I mean, th this is why the sort of Parliament's task was so immense, because there's so many different ways of understanding Cambridge Analytica. But for me, it was the sort of the wormhole that led into this world of sort of three things, I suppose, which is the use of data to target voters, the Cambridge Analytica's background as a military contractor, and also uh, doing elections overseas. You know, it had all this experience of doing elections in places like Nigeria and Kenya with very, very, very little, you know, oversight. You can do all sorts of things. And then, then coming into America and into Britain and using that technology here. So one of the things just more directly about the Brexit Trump connections is we know they worked for Trump. Steve Bannon, the co-founder or at least the vice president of Cambridge Analytica, was Trump's campaign manager. They've been very open about that. But they've also, there's connections with the two Leave campaigns. Maybe we should talk a bit about, because we talked about Leave EU, the Aaron Banks campaign and the work that Brittany Kaiser did that. Tell me a bit about AIQ, this other company, and the data that they shared with Cambridge Analytica, because AIQ was very, very important in the referendum for the official campaign, the Vote Leave campaign, wasn't it? Mm. Well, all campaigning in the referendum happened online, and the Leave campaign's entire budget, more or less, that was spent on campaigning, was spent with this company in Canada, AIQ. And one of the things the report goes into is the relationship between AIQ and Cambridge Analytica. Chris Wiley says he knew the people. He was head of research, wasn't he, for the burgeoning Cambridge Analytica when it started. And he knew the people, Zach Massingham and these people in Canada, and he encouraged SCL to sort of subcontract to them. That's well, the link is Chris Wiley. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. So exactly. Well, at the same time that Chris was helping set up Cambridge Analytica in Britain, he also contacted his ex-work colleagues in Canada and they came in also to work on this project. So we know that um, through Brittany Kaiser's evidence that Cambridge Analytica worked with Leave EU. We don't know why. Early work, foundational work with Leave EU. We also know they boasted about it. They were key to Trump's campaign. Steve Bannon, vice president of Cambridge Analytica, was Trump's campaign manager in that summer when he won, leading up to the victory. But there's also, through the data, you can see that this data kind of spreads around. There's very lot about the data in this parliamentary report. There's another company called AIQ, which seemed to be showing the data, and that mainly worked for the official Vote Leave campaign. So you have two campaigns potentially sharing data. You see, even it's so funny, because even mm. listening to you, like I'm, you know, I you're, have you're been reporting on this for like and two you're years. Bored. No, and I'm just sort of like, God, Peter, you're making it so complicated. No, that but, that's, but no, but that's because it is, it is complicated. <laughs> it's complicated by design. Yes. And that's the whole thing about these different companies. So there's a company in Canada which was you know, which had this relationship with Cambridge Analytica. And, you know, we just see this time and time again. We see it with the very, very complicated corporate structure of Cambridge Analytica. It's complicated by design. 
And so today, you know, I went on LBC and the, the journalist on there, she's great. And she said, I find this so hard to follow. And that's all so deliberate. So it's kind of, it's like as much as we need to follow the data. And, you know, we know that there's these, these different entities. We've also got to go back, I think, very centrally. And I think this does come across very strongly in the report. It's this relationship with Facebook. And what's so interesting is we'll move on to Facebook in just a moment. Mm. But really, what we see with Cambridge Analytica is so interesting, was that it was this harvesting, it was this illegal harvesting of Facebook data which happened. And that's the thing which has precipitated, you know, the scandal in the investigation. And that's what the committee got its teeth stuck into. And then I think the other thing we're getting to here is that Facebook was also the platform of operations. And it was the platform of operations for the Leave EU campaign here, for Vote Leave using AIQ, for the Trump campaign, and then, of course, this other entity, which is the Russian government. We know that they were also using Facebook's platform during this critical time and targeting voters. You know, there's some really, really damning things in this report. One of the most damning is where... The report talks about how they had Mike Schrupfer, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, but this man, he is the chief technology officer of Facebook. They had him in front of the committee and they asked him directly about Russian interference on the platform and essentially evaded, it just evaded the question. Russian interference in Brexit or... or this in... is in the Trump campaign. Right. This is in the, this is in the, what they found on the platform in 2016 to do with that. They haven't really looked for Brexit, remember? Nobody's yeah. up, that, that's one of the key things there. But to go back to that, so he is the chief technology officer. There is nobody in the company who understands the technical platform better than him. And the DCMS report says that his statements to them, they now know, were not true. Now, I've, you know, you think about that. There is still so much that we don't know. And that is why the second part of the report makes this very, very strong recommendation, very surprising recommendation in some ways, that we need to have an independent investigation into foreign interference in British elections, every British election since 2014. Now, you know what that is, don't you? It's a Mueller inquiry. It's a Mueller inquiry. It's a Mueller inquiry and it's there in black and white. Well, the problem is Zuckerberg refuses to attend Parliament, even when there were sort of other countries. Like, how many other countries turned up? So there are the eight other countries as well. I mean, this is this is this is between the between these nine parliaments. They represent millions of people, millions of voters, but not as many people as on Facebook. So he refuses to attend, and and also without the powers of subpoena, which that Mueller has, he's got those internet research agency adverts. He knows what the dark operations were around around the Trump campaign. We know nothing about what happened. We in know Brexit. nothing. We know nothing. And the fact, I mean, and this is the whole point about it, is that for the last year, this committee has tried to get those answers about what Cambridge Analytica did, how it got the data, how it used it, all sorts of questions. What you know, who was targeting? Oh, you know, what other. He's got all of those answers, and Mark Zuckerberg has refused repeatedly to come to Britain. And that's what the report, you know, that's why the report is so slamming of him. And it talks about how he has treated British lawmakers with contempt. And literally in contempt of Parliament. And also how do they describe 
these kind of tech companies, digital gangsters or whatever. Digital gangsters, yes. But did this, I think it's worth going back to this thing again to, to, to really get to grips with this, because I think people don't really understand this central case, which is that the, the Cambridge Analytica scandal is twofold here, because it's they harvested the personal details, 87 million people. Including myself. Including yourself. And to find out, you know, to, to get this finely, finely grained information about people's, well, about everything about them. Not well, it's your friends. It's all your likes, a famous thing after 100 likes. Facebook knows you better than your best friend, 200 than your partner. After 300, knows you better than you know yourself. And this, in terms of Cambridge Analytica targeting, which is all psychometric based on likes and your favourite song list, could be really important in, in terms of what news or information they wanted to tell you to make you move one way back to my information warfare back to sort of facebook being the platform information warfare was conducted on us yeah so it's this twin thing so it's this incredible resource on us on our deepest secrets in some ways and then it's also the 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 medium through which all of this disinformation all of this political discourse all of this propaganda all of this Russian paid for um, messages, they were all being mediated. One analogy I came up with me, we were in New York about a year and a half ago, I think it was, and it came to me, it's like a, a more scary version of the Matrix, you know, the film. Now in the film, everybody's actually in these pods and these robots are harvesting their electricity <laughs> to survive. But I thought, no, now they're harvesting our data, Facebook, doesn't charge us any money. It makes money by reselling our data and targeting us with ads. So they're extracting data. Data is the new oil from us. But in the matrix, you forget you're in these pods because what you're in this illusion, this software illusion that you're still alive and you're walking around, you're living a normal life, that you're not being harvested in this pod. And I was thinking that's what Cambridge Analytica does, plays back to you this fake reality with fake news or targeted information. Uh, but in this case, we're not in the matrix. You share it. In this case, everybody would get a different ad, wouldn't they? That's the kind of level yeah. So of then that's that's the really key thing about this, and that's why you come back to it again, which is so yeah. There's this famous expression: "Democracy dies in darkness," which the Washington Post has, I think, under its banner, doesn't it? And that is the point about all of this, of everything, is that it all happened. The entire referendum, the entire Trump campaign, it happened in darkness. People received these adverts nobody else saw there's no record of they don't know how they were targeted they don't know why they were targeted they don't know what you know what data that that was used to target them so the the point of these tech companies i think you and i were both tech optimists like 10 years ago we were told that these peer-to-peer -peer networks they would destroy hierarchies they make people connect to other but actually they turn out to be these incredibly dark companies which we don't know what's going on well, it's so interesting because as a journalist, I've been really exposed to like this sort of, you know, bullying really from these big, you know, they, they act like aggressive multinationals because they are aggressive multinationals. But yeah, there's this there's this uh, there's this bit in the report, isn't there, which is every journalist who was reading through this 110 pages yesterday was like, aha, yes, that's a that's an interesting line where the, the committee calls them digital gangsters. They're operating as if it says they're beyond the law because they've disregarded the laws. And um, and what, what was also really interesting, the, the committee also 
published these new documents, these new internal Facebook emails. Mm. And they were, you know, they're really stuck in the terms of that just completely ignoring things like competition law and, um, you know, laws about giving, you know, how users got have got to give their consent. Anyway, and there's this brilliant question which they include in there, which was that the MPs asked uh, Lord Allen of Facebook, they said they made reference to the what's it called? The, what does it stand for, Rico? Uh, racketeering, 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 and criminal organisations. Racketeer influenced, racketeer and corrupt organisations. Ah, uh, yeah. So, so they made so they made reference to, and they actually asked Lord Allen. I think it was Paul Farrelly, an MP, and he said, he said, do you think that Facebook may have committed offences essentially under the racketeer influenced and corrupt organisations act? Now the RICO laws in America. This is this is this is mob. This is to prosecute mobsters. John it's, Gotti, all those people like that. It's organised crime. Yeah. It's mafia. And yet here here like seriously considering whether Facebook might have committed offences under that. By the way, which you go to get jail for. Anyway, I put in the the news report I wrote. This, I did an analysis today for the Guardian, writing about the report, and I sort of said I said there's certainly a whiff of extortion in the emails. Right. Anyway, of course, I get a query from the lawyer again. Can you please, you can say this if you provide the example. So, you know, I was like, okay, let's find an example. So from the internal Facebook emails, there was, you know, two sentences saying, um, they're talking about, about how they just like share data with all these different companies. And they say, if the companies buy 250,000 pounds worth of mobile ads, they get the data. And if they don't, they cut them off from the data. It's about national security. It's about the safety and security of our democracy. It's about the balance of power between us as citizens and between these tech companies. That's gone now. That's forgotten. As far as, you know, is anybody going to ask questions of any of these ministers? Will they reform electoral laws before we have the next election? Will there be an independent investigation into what's happened? Probably not. Untold. Dilem for Muller. Why Brexit Trump Russia needs a special investigation. Hosted by Carol Cadwanada and Peter Jukes. Edited by D.V. Amir. Music by Shemaini Mir. An Untold podcast produced by Duende Productions and Flameflower Studios. Untold. Dial M for Muller. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? 
elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.